I'm Commander Shepard, and the Unnamed Games Podcast is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Shepard out. Good evening, people of the internet. As you can see, I am not your regular host. He's uh, he's taken a weekend off. He said his jobs list on his OnlyFans webpage was getting really long, and he had some personal requests and stuff. <laughs> and he bought some new mankinis to test out. So uh, Craig is taking the week off, and I am taking the host Get his haircut. He's getting With his haircut. Me? Yeah, that's right. He's getting <laughs> his haircut. With me are the uh, usual other two reprobates. They're just on the side over here at the moment. Let's bring them into focus so you can see them. So, Alan, Mr. Longfangs Howlett, how are you this evening? Well, I'm all right, actually. I'm not so bad. I, I mean, obviously, I wasn't here last week, so uh, I had a week off, but I also had the whole week off. So nice. I'm quite rested, but slightly depressed tonight because I only have one more day before I have to go back to work. So, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag, really, but I'm very happy to be here. That is unfortunate. One day before you're back to work. You want to make the most of the party this evening, then, eh? Chris, oh, yeah. how are we doing? Talk to me yeah. about stuff. I'm all right, man. I'm all right. It's um, yeah, it's been a. I, I too have had a week off, but not because um, I have a week off, just because I've got no job because I'm a bum. <laughs> so, <laughs> so is it a week off, or is it just you know time allocated to gaming? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm using it, you know, constructively by by playing a lot of video games you know i'll have you know that this is you know it's time well spent i've not wasted it i've you know i've done the job looking thing and then like oh look i haven't still got i still haven't got a job best guess it's, i've ever played it's only a monday i'll play some video games yeah good old covid so hopefully anyway the job 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 seems to be well job front seems to be illuminating and more jobs becoming available so hopefully in the near future there'll be more job and less video games sadly well we're all rooting for you on that one. <laughs> so, on this week's podcast, I have pre prepared a fiesta of exciting things to talk about. We're going to talk about the game, the only game that we need to talk about this week. <laughs> We're going to talk what, about what game is that, Chris? Chris has given off some some weird weird sort of vibes. Right? He's not. He's kind of get telling us what the game is, but without actually telling us. It's. I don't know. I'm getting this 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 message. Mm, 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 <laughs> mass effect. <laughs> there we go. There we go. He said it. He couldn't wait. He said it. So yes, yeah, so we're going to talk about the Mass Effect Legend. Wait for it. Dairy, Dairy edition. <laughs> it's we're like you're, you're, you're bad comedy double act going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Give me bad. How rude. Yeah. Magnificent comedians. <laughs> Yes, we, we will talk about the Mass Effect game. We are going to talk about Xbox's plan to scarper the scalpers. Uh, we're going to talk about the Coalition and their plan to uh, scarper people's plans to just play with Xbox players. Uh, we're going to kick the tires of Stadia once again because we love to do that and we love to kick them more specifically. We're going to talk about some Fable news. We're going to have a punt of what Xbox's new IP might be. And we've got a little bit of a discussion. Then, God willing and time willing, there is a themed quiz at the end as well. No, no guess as to what that is. You know, it could be anything, but Chris is appropriately dressed. Let's just say that. So, yeah, I mean, basically, <laughs> I won't be getting any points in that quiz yeah, but, then. But you That'll know, the good news is that. 
It's multiple choice. And I was going to say, but you <laughs> Eight only to ten Phil, questions. Knowing Phil, he's gone to the most random, like, like asinine stuff he can find in the Mass Effect universe and gone, right, here we go. <laughs> what underpants does Shepard wear on a Wednesday? <laughs> and which of his favourite stores on the Citadel did he buy them from? <laughs> uh... <laughs> so, yes, that is a lovely segue. So, let's talk about what we've played this week before we go too far ahead. Alan, you've had a week off. How's it been? What have you done? Well, I mean, it's been two weeks, as I said, so there's a lot to fill in, but I'm not going to go over oh, yeah, everything because, you know, we'll be here all night. I'm a busy man. One thing I did want to bring up, I go th- things I've watched first. Um, obviously, as I said last time I was on, it's the end of uh, like um, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I've been watching The Bad Batch on Disney+, Plus, which is the new Star Wars animated series. Um, good. I've watched it. Yeah, I haven't watched this week's episode, but I've watched the first two. The first episode is is hugely long. It's like an hour and 15 minutes long pilot. It's pretty impressive. It's like a feature film. And then the next episode's only about 30 minutes, and I think that's going to be the sort of the normal length. Yeah, it's really good. The, um, did that with the Clone Wars as well. Like they launched yeah. it with the yeah. movie, yeah, yeah. and then they just went straight into like 30 minute well, episodes. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what I was going to say. Clone Wars, I never actually got around to watching. I've never watched it. I've heard pr- pretty good things, especially about the later series, you know, about the quality of it and the story. Yeah, season four else. onwards, it gets really good. It's never yeah, bad. I've, I've never actually. Clear. I think it's never bad that show. It just it just gets significantly better later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I've never watched it, so I thought, okay, I'll jump in, see what this is all about. Bad batch, and and I have to be honest, I'm I'm really really loving it. I think it's fantastic. It's great written. It's just it's set after um, the events of uh, basically Order sixty six, Revenge of the Sith, um, and basically it's set around a a group of clones who are what they call uh, a mutated genome clue clones so they're not like your, your standard red clones there's like four or five of them that are some just slightly different the same guy voices them all but they all have like a different personality You've got your big muscly one your sniper who's a little bit a bit let's see a bit mean your leader <laughs> and you know it's kind of like you've got these these very you know um very sort of like personalities that you would expect to see but very different um and it's done really really well and i'm really loving it so uh, yeah i've been watching that um, got to watch this week's episode. I've also been on a bit of a movie uh, binge, which has been spurred on by uh, Craig, who was talking about his uh, Avengers or Marvel Universe binge the other the other week. So I decided to watch all the uh, Infinity the Avengers movies, um, and then. But the thing is, because of the way all the whole universe is tied in, it, it's really difficult to just watch like the four Avengers movies because there's so <laughs> bits tied. It's all interconnected. So I also ended up watching Civil War, which, let's be honest, Captain America Civil War, it's an Avengers movie and everything but name anyway. It has almost the entire cast of the Avengers in it anyway. It, and it's not always focused on Captain America, so it is really an Avengers movie. Captain Marvel, um, which I thought was, uh, it, uh, the you know, needed to know the backstory there. Doctor Strange, um, Ant-Man and, and the Wasp. Um, are just some of the other ones I've watched, and I've actually watched uh, just watched uh, Infinity War, um, and then I've got to watch Endgame. I watched Captain Marvel a bit early. I probably should have watched that after Infinity War, but I didn't really look at the the running order. But absolutely loving it. Those films are are the kind of films which I think you can put on any time, and they're just they're just fun. They're just absolute turn your brain off. Great fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. They you know, they they're not they're not breaking the mold here. You know, they are they're, they're doing it's action movies but with superheroes. And there's the Hulk and you know all the characters because you've been watching them for 10 mm. years and it's just it just feels safe and home. Yeah, Wheat- and it's, it's great. got that um he's got that formula down, hasn't he? That very gossy. Yeah, definitely. 
happy superhero formula. He just he's got it to a T for Marvel, hasn't he? Let's yeah, not talk about I, him. The... <laughs> 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 yeah, I know he's not your favorite. Not your well, favorite. No, it's not even that, mate. Just everything else about the man. Let's just not talk about him. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, what you can believe in the news and, and you know, I, I don't like to comment on stuff like that. I don't know because, you know, it's like... But anyway, moving on from that, um, you can definitely see the difference, I think, between Infinity War and, like, Ultron and Assembled, which is mm. not directed by Whedon. Um, mm. And I think there's a distinct difference. And it feels a, lot, a little bit more jarring. But to be fair, Infinity War is a lot more expansive than the first two. The first two really focus on those primary what six members of of the avengers whereas infinity war and endgame are focusing on all of the outside influences you know all the way from black panther to captain marvel to the galaxies of the gardens of the galaxy and just everybody is thrown into the mix and trying to get all of those stories interconnected and and it is a massive achievement and for the mm -hmm. most part i think they really pull it off in infinity war looking forward really? to watching endgame tomorrow so uh really looking forward to that um games wise uh, I have, of course, been playing a little game called Mass Effect, and we'll be talking a little bit more about that after this, so I'm not going to go too far into it, but I know I haven't played as much as, you, as the rest of you guys, and the reason behind that is because I've found my next obsession, um, and it's a new game. It's a new game. It, it won't. It won't it's not going to be around for a long time, I have to say. But it is, I think, incredibly good value for money and for the kind of game that I enjoy, which is I was looking for a new survival game. You know, I mean, Ark, mm -hmm. Terraria isn't so much a survival game, although there is definitely the aspect. It's more of an adventure game, I think. But then you look at, like, arc and it's definitely a survival game with dinosaurs um and i love that kind of game in general the whole you know knock down a tree and get that sort of, apart from rust we won't go into rust i've already mentioned rust i hate rust <laughs> yeah. rust sucks but anyway sorry to the makers of rust it's not so much the game that sucks it's the community bunch of a-holes can't stand you go on there people kill you because you're holding a rock I mean, they're serious. Making, they're anyway, making I'm, bank. They don't care if you hate it because they, I, they don't money. care. They make, yeah. Lots of people do enjoy it, but I, I, I just, I just, if I had to wake up one more time staring at the goddamn beach after spending hours trying to build a house that nobody <laughs> break into <laughs> while I wasn't online, I, I just, I couldn't do it. My sanity had to. I had to stop. Um, absolutely hate the game myself personally. But this game, moving on, it is stranded deep, um, and it, it, it's not a triple A title. Um, but it is a survival game and you basically wash up on a beach and it's not trying to be Ark. There's no dinosaurs. It's literally just surviving. There are some giant crabs, occasional really upset hog that likes to headbutt you and doesn't do that much damage, <laughs> but you can spear it in the face until it's dead and then eat it. And sharks mostly. Sharks are the, probably the most dangerous thing. Apart from there, I think there are two or three bosses. I haven't encountered them yet. There's a giant squid and a, a giant megalodon. That's a bit, it's a bit of a miss. Giant megalodon. Of course, it's it's giant. It's a freaking megalodon. You don't. Need you could have a giant, giant megalodon. Surely that would just be like really, really <laughs> that's, big. That's, exactly. Exactly. The size of a planet megalodon. Yeah. No, it's a megalodon. <laughs> it's a giant shark. It's got okay. mega in the name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. the clue is in the name <laughs> i haven't seen either of those but i have seen plenty of them and it's kind of based on this like grid and it or it, 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 it just it, it, it um it populates like this group with 25 by five by five grid 25 and then puts islands in that are just automatically generated and then you drop in and then you have to survive and you have to find certain parts to basically build a plane eventually and escape i think because i just watched the videos i'm nowhere that near in but it's it's perfect for me i mean it cost me 17 whole pounds 16 pounds 74 to be precise wow. um and i've been playing it solidly all week i've put in probably a good 40 to 60 hours already mostly because wow. i spent most of my time just just like you know just 
chopping down freaking trees to be honest i decided i was going to build a big house so i did and that's the stuff you know and it's still the whole the same progression the only thing i would say about it is that you can tell that it's 17 pounds and not 30 or 40 pounds because the level of depth to it it's like once i finish playing through and i probably escape this first time it's highly unlikely i'll do it again and i think it's a real shame because there's a lot of love and attention been put into it um, and it is what, I don't know how long it's been on the console, but the game's actually been around for nearly five years, I think, if not more, wow. on the PC. Um, and it seems like they've been you know, a couple of updates here or there, but mostly it doesn't seem to be getting an awful lot of support now. Um, and it seems a bit of a shame because I it just off the top of my head, I can think of things that they could add to it, you know, underwater caves and stuff like that, that they could perhaps, you know, expand it and perhaps make bigger islands and maybe even make it multiplayer in the end. But it doesn't seem to be like they're they're pushing that agenda. Maybe I'm wrong. But maybe there's a, a 17... new and shiny version coming out that's going to have all of those things. Maybe, maybe, and I'll be I'll be one of the first people in the queue if that's the case because I'm very impressed with what they've done so far with this one. Um, and for £17, I really can't scoff. I've definitely got value for money and I'll probably still be playing it for the next couple of weeks, at least for the next week. Really loving it, really enjoying it. So, yeah, um, that's what cool. I've been doing mostly. Cool. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate that. Sounds like you've had a solid week. Well, two weeks technically since we haven't seen you for a week of gaming. Yeah. Chris, yeah. talk to me. How's it going? <laughs> what have you been playing? Well, I've had a little bit of time on Mass Effect, obviously. Again, we'll talk about it in a bit. Um, uh, I have um, been playing a bit more Outriders of Friends, just killing some time in Expeditions. Uh, again, that's got really stale pretty quickly now, to be fair. It's it's a game that like, I, I can't feel it's a wasted opportunity by the developers. Like We were promised this expansive end game, we get time trials. And it's just time trials, nothing else. And the biggest problem with that is it just it guides you into one type of build and one type of build only you know like it's just what does the most damage the fastest because you need to kill things quicker than anything else so it, it became a bit like all right so there's one meta and everyone needs to run that and that's the end of it and cool whatever and it's got a, it's got a horrific drop rate on legendary items it's so tedious sometimes so yeah that's dying so i probably won't talk about outright as much anymore yeah, i think this. i uh I think I yeah. got to the end game and I did like one mission with Craig and then we were yeah. like, this is great. Yeah. Uh, what other games were coming out? Yeah. It, <laughs> it's, it's frustrating because you, you put the, if you, if you put the time in to get to the, the eye of the storm, which is the, the big thing. And I haven't finished eye of the storm to be honest. I'll probably just get that done and that'll probably be me off on, on the game. Um, Cause you know, I've got that far. I might as well finish it. You know, like don't leave it like Titanfall, <laughs> but um <laughs> Because uh, because the likelihood of me ever coming back to it is nil, unlike Titanfall. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like that, we tried that mission, and you need some proper. You need to be proper on point with your build. But it's just it's just a like we were talking about last night playing, and it just is like a game where they've said we haven't got good enemy mechanics. We'll just swarm you of enemies. That's the only thing it can do, and it gets a bit tedious. And there are bugs in it, which have yeah, made more bugs. And it's just yeah. Anyway, enough outriders. Um, been watching a few movies, watching some TV. I watched uh, all of uh, the new Netflix series Jupiter's Legacy, uh, superhero show. Um, quite different uh, to anything. Like, it's not uh, so. I saw a lot of people comparing it to Invincible and uh, some other superhero shows. And I think that's really unfair because it's it's definitely not trying to be like Invincible. It's not even the same yeah, kind of show. It's the much more philosophical. Yeah, it likes to it likes to walk mm. the moral line, doesn't it? About yeah, it, it's, good it's and asking bad more questions about superheroes and just being about superheroes. Um, you know, and I think there's some really great moments in the show. It's quite slow. Um, there's a in it, and if if uh, just no real spoilers, it's, it's set in two time frames. You've got the Depression era um, America, and you've got um, uh, you know modern day. 
and it sort of you know shows you how they got their powers in the past and so on forth. And that story is quite interesting how they got their powers. It's probably the most interesting part of the show. But as in the modern yeah, age, definitely. there's there's an ongoing thread about superhero morality and you know not killing and things like this. If if I had to to sort of compare it to like most superhero stuff, I would say it's much more in the Batman v Superman camp of how they tell a superhero story than it is to the Marvel camp. You know, it's a much deep, darker story in terms of tone, not necessarily like it's not like super violent in terms of dark, but. Yeah, you know, it's got a lot of weight in it in terms of that, and it, that could that can probably drag some people down on it. So I don't think it's going to be for everyone. In fact, I, I perceive I think it has already been a bit trash because of that. Um, I really enjoyed it because it offered me something different. Like I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Invincible, but if I'd have just got Invincible, uh, you know, live action, I'd have been like, well, I've, I could just watch Invincible over here. Yeah, I don't I've want the same thing twice. Yeah, so I've got I've quite enjoyed it. I think some of the actors are great in it. Um, the uh, the concept's very good actually. Um, I won't say any spoilers or anything but it's certainly worth a watch it's not the best tv show i've ever seen but it's certainly worth a bit of your time um and then uh in the lull of waiting for the legendary edition to drop i was like well i want to play some games and i was looking through my xbox dash and a little advert popped up and i was like do you know what i don't know why but i want to play that game and it was a game pass game and it's a game called rain on your parade now it is a game where you play as a cloud Okay, so it's a very and literal you, named yeah, game. Then. And you literally rain on things and put snow on things and thunderclaps. And it's very comic-y and very, very basic and very indie and very thing. But it's also quite fun because it's very tongue-in-cheek. It knows what it is. It knows it's very basic, very simple. And it has a lot of fun with that. And it's really silly, really basic. It's more in line with a mobile game. But, you know, I've had a bit of a laugh playing it. It's been good fun. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'd recommend if you want a bit of a time killer, just a bit of fun, very lighthearted entertainment, rain on your parade. It's a free download on Game Pass. It's a tiny game. It's a good laugh. It's a good laugh. You know, like one of the missions is just rain on the weatherman all the way to his uh, to his job. You just have to keep a cloud on him and rain all the way <laughs> as he goes to his job. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and, and, you know, the, how they made it more interesting is as the cloud, you can suck up different like liquids to pour. So one thing you can do is like you can suck up like uh, petrol or tar and if you go to a fire and then sprinkle that from the fire, it'll trail the fire to wherever you need to blow things up or set things off. There was one mission oh, where I had mean. to. It's it's quite yeah. it's quite fun. Yeah, it's like mini puzzles and stuff. They're not super complicated. Anyone could play it. You know, it's genuine. It's an all ages game. There's another one where it's all done in very very cartoony graphics as well. So the next one sounds really like oh, but it's not. You raise an army of the dead by getting some toxic waste and sprinkle it on graves, and then like like zombies pop up and follow you around, and they're like your minions. And you have to like take them through the level, which is quite fun. So it's it's, it's a it's a fun little game. It's a bit a bit of a laugh. I'd recommend it. And then, like I say, Mass Effect's come along, and I've had a good blast on Mass Effect. I'm I'm not far into it. Well, I'm further than Alan is, I'm sure. But I, for the time I've put in, I'm not very far for anyone. Mainly because, like a sucker for punishment and being a bit of a you know cocksure idiot, I went, hey, there's an achievement for completing on insanity. That's what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> and so I've put it all, all the combat on insanity, and it is quite tough. tough. And I've remembered as I've is gone party through it. Shocker. Yeah. Well, it's, it's mainly quite tough because <laughs> the combat systems are a bit crap, um, which we'll come on to in a minute. I don't want to go too far into that. But um, the, um, the, I'd forgotten that the way you, you're really supposed to do your insane run in Mass Effect is play it on like normal first. And as you go through the campaign, you accumulate credits and gear and all that. And then when you start again, 
with the same character. You keep all that gear and credits, or you yeah. keep the credits, and you go in and then go, I got money! And you can buy all the all the really good gear right off the bat. So when you first get into combat, you're not rocking like level one gear going, on, yeah. look at me, I've got paper armor! <laughs> you know, you can't have tanks. So basically, yeah, I, I made it overly difficult for myself. But I'm, I'm still enjoying it. Um, but it is, there have been a couple of points where I've been like, in a minute, this controller's going through that TV. Uh, <laughs> but we'll talk about that in a minute. Lovely. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Um, so for me, it's been another busy week for work. So I've played some more Tales of Basiria while I was waiting for the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I also watched uh, Jupiter's Legacy as well. Mm -hmm. Jupiter's Legacy. Um, yep. And yeah, I, I observed kind of the same thing as you. It was a lot more it was more of a thought experiment than most of those kind of superhero movies. Mm. Like, you know, there was a few bits of action, but they didn't really focus on the action. They focused on the, the darker side. I particularly enjoyed like right at the end when uh, his son does the thing. And that's all <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say. I don't want any spoilers in there, but I was like, Ooh. It, does, it does have a very good moral question running through the show. Yeah. And it's, it's a very interesting take on it. I liked it anyway. Yes, uh, that, that was generally my thoughts. And then, of course, I went straight into the Legendary Edition. I put about 12, maybe 13 hours in. I had Friday off, so I wasn't going anywhere <laughs> on Friday. Um, and that actually segues beautifully into, let's have a little chat about the Legendary Edition, shall we? Because <laughs> I kind of want to know where you guys are at and what you think. So let's go with Alan first, because he's our less enthusiast, shall we say. He's basically our newbie, isn't he? Uh, well... I mean, yeah. uh, you say less enthusiastic. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I love a good RPG, and it, 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 it's you know, it's it's Dragon Age, but in space, isn't it? I mean, ultimately, yes. it's it's, yes, it it's the same game. Um, and I, I love Star Trek and Star Wars, so you know, it kind of is up my alley. The only reason that I haven't played all of them is because I just kind of fell out and then never got back into it in the originally mm. when it was originally out. Um, but I did play number one and I played it two through twice uh, to get two different endings um, back in the day, uh, but never finished number two. First impressions, I'd have to say the rose tinted glasses and nostalgia cards are, are very heavy with this one. <laughs> um, yes. So that's very uh, fair. Never. Yeah, not I, at I think, all. I think that is a fair assumption, but that doesn't mean to say that it does. You know, you you, you it, they haven't made some really good improvements. I mean, graphically, it's still yes. In places, it's it's very very pretty, but the character models and animations are are still not great. You know, they're they're they're, they're okay, but and they've obviously been improved. But compared to what we now see these days, it's still you know you can still see it's an old game with old animations and stuff like that. Um, and the way the voice, the act, the mouths move, I think we can actually see it on screen now. Yeah, um, yeah. But but you know, all of that aside, that doesn't matter because I've always been one of those people that's been like, well, it's not about the graphics for me; it's about the gameplay and and how much fun I get out of it. You know, I mean, Chris is just mm -hmm. talking about playing a game where he's a cloud. I'm sure that it was uh, 4K <laughs> ray tracing, Ultra HD <laughs> with that game. Um, but yeah, 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 of course, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. I love to see a very pretty game. I really, really do. I mean, you know, I love to see uh, a Witcher on max performance when it came out. Witcher Three World Hunt. I love to see, you know, uh, some of the new games come out and they're just like the gra you turn it on and the graphics are just like, oh wow, that is just amazing. But if there's no gameplay there, then it's pointless. And one of the things I always enjoyed about Mass Effect was the story, um, and that hasn't changed as far as I can tell. Um, it still seems to be exactly the same story. I mean, I'm only a couple of hours in. The 
a problem is for me is that my experience wasn't great. The first okay. mission, literally the first mission where you go to Eden Prime and you touch down and you fight the Geth all the way to the train station, basically, to get onto the train. Yeah. I encountered two bugs in that first mission, and they were both bad bugs, and they really, really ruined my experience. And I have to say, I do not recall there ever being any bugs with the first game at all, ever. There are, but no. they're... There, I yeah, certainly, certainly you, the one, any. yeah, one yeah. you've seen is completely new to me. But there's definitely some yeah. that, are, that are, you know, definitely so, there. What, I mean, the what, first what was one, the bugs you encountered. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like? the first one was I was I was fighting my, you know, when you're fighting along with the Geth hiding behind the chairs on this platform and yep. you're working towards yep. the train. All of a sudden, the sound on everything except the music just disappeared. Yeah. Were you so the playing music with kept... headphones? No. Okay, because there is an issue I with deliberately, headphones. I know, there. and I read about that, so I deliberately didn't play with headphones. I would normally, with a game that's got this big grand, you know, all the music and playing mm -hmm. and the scenes and everything, I usually would play with headphones because I'd want that, you know, I'd want to be in the action and really listening to it with my new fantastic Microsoft headphones. But I didn't <laughs> on this occasion because I'd read the, the the blurb about it being there being some issues, so I thought I'll just, I won't, I don't want to complicate the issue. I yep. will just play through the TV. And just in the middle of this firefight, all of a sudden, every other piece of uh, audio just disappeared, apart from the music. And I'm firing, and I'm just like, you can't hear anything. And it's really, really disconcerting. I mean, again, it's not game-breaking, but it's really weird when you're playing, and your guns aren't making a noise, or you can't hear them shooting at you. It really, it's amazing. You, you don't yeah. really think about it on a day-to-day -day basis how much audio impacts how you play, and how much you enjoy what you play. Because if it's not there, it's just, it, there's nothing. It's soulless. Yeah, it creates the atmosphere, gone. doesn't it? It does. It does. So I'm, I'm fighting my way down, and then I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to have to start the whole blooming mission again. If this doesn't kick back in, I'm going to. And I've, I've literally fought my way all the way to the end. So I really don't want to have to do the first mission again if I don't, uh, you know, start from the beginning again. Uh, but just as I got to the end of the platform and killed the last Geth, it came back on again. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And then I didn't right. experience it again. So it was just that particular section. It just no sound. So I, I, have to say, I, I was going to say, I actually wanted to say, talk to you about this. I know we talked about it. I actually, on hindsight, have had that bug happen on the 360. So I think that's a legacy bug, but it's quite a rare one. But the other one you've seen, that I have no idea yeah. about, mate. So the other, the other one, one it's, it, it's comic. It would be comical. It's it hilarious to watch. With a video, but it is not hilarious to play. Okay, so Ashley, and we know all how everybody loves Ashley. I don't mind her. She's all right. But everybody hates Ashley, especially Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like my, my wife hates Ashley as well. She's played Mass Effect. She, she's like, in the scene where you get to kill her off, she's like, yeah, Ashley, you're going down. Spoilers! Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the fact of the matter is... Statue of Limitations is up on that one, mate. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You literally walk around a corner, and all of a sudden, she's popping up inside of my head, and it's like she's stuck to my right foot. So, <laughs> And I can't, I can't direct her... So, like, Caden, I can use the whole go over here, but Ashley, I can't. So she's literally stuck to my right-hand side. So every time I move a bit to the right, she's bobbing up and down in front of my face, and I can't I can't see where I'm going, and I'm trying to fire, and it won't let me fire because Ashley is in front of me, and she's, like, bobbing, and it's, 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 it's hilarious. Like I said, it really ruined my experience. We had the whole thing that. where I had to disarm the four bombs and kill the big squad of Geth that were there, and I was just—I was hating it. I was like, "Get out of the! I can't! I can't! I cannot!" 
complete this mission. And I did get it done eventually. But uh, and after that, I was a bit like, well, you know, actually, I'm going to go away and play something else for a while. And I haven't actually gone back and I will. But it was not a pleasant experience. I, I'm actually at the Citadel and I've wandered around there, but I haven't gone and done any more missions. I've just been wandering around talking to people. But it was kind of like that was my first mission. And that was the experience. Two major bugs in the first mission was not a good experience for me, sadly. But overall, I'm not dis dismissing the game just because of that. It's just a shame. It's a real shame that that was my experience. Um, but I fully intend, as I said before, and I'll keep everybody updated, I, I fully intend to play it all the way through. I am obsessed at the moment with catching crabs and hitting trees and killing sharks with Scrum. <laughs> but when, that's, when that obsession has passed by, I'll be diving headlong first into Mass Effect. But that yeah. was my experience in the first couple yeah, of days. Yeah, um, mate, uh, I, I feel for you, genuinely, mate, because yeah. like, it's it's... I totally get it because if you have one of those bad experiences off the bat, especially that early in it, it can be a real off-putting thing. And I'm actually like my first impressions of the of, of the Legendary Edition were frustrating as well because of the fact that the headphone glitch existed. So I had it all pre-installed. I stayed up till midnight. You know, I was going to start. Oh, here we go. I say stay. I stayed up till midnight. I never go to bed before about two in the morning at the, at the minute. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. before, like, not needing to get up for anything. But anyway, um, not having a job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, there are other downsides we don't necessarily need to talk about, but you know. Um, so anyway, I, I fired it up and I, I got to the you know Mass Effect Legendary Edition, accepted the terminal editions, push any button to start, pushed it, crashed to dash, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, I went around that like five, yeah. maybe six times. Yeah. I, I got to about four, four. I think it was the fourth one. I went right, got on the Google machine, and I googled it, and it was like a few articles saying there's a a bug in Mass Effect Legendary Edition where if you've got any extra peripherals like wireless headphones because you know they're not a common accessory to use while gaming <laughs> you, you know uh it will crash the game straight to dash and i was like are you having a laugh uh, and um so like initially after that i was like well done ea well done bioware what a way to drop the ball as an intro to this you know like you you've, you've put it out there we, we fire it up and we can't even start the game you can work around it by simply just having your headphones off when you sign in, as soon as you push the A button to log into the game, you can turn your headphones back on and it's fine. But it's just like, how can you... That, that, it, it raises questions about playtesting, right? It, it does raise questions about playtesting. I'm not saying that it's the playtester's fault. I'm just saying, did someone playtest this at any point? You know, did, did, did Bioware just, you know, just throw it out? I don't know what's happened. But yeah, I've said this about other games to... before then. There are yeah, some bugs where you just think, how could you not have seen this? You can explain away some things with the, you know, obviously yeah. the much larger player base for an online game and stuff like that. But bugs yeah. like this, you're like, how could nobody yeah. have noticed yeah. through what should be an extensive playtesting? Yeah, when exactly, on... exactly that, mate. I think with, like, we've had it with, with Cyberpunk, there have been bugs where you're like, how did you not spot this? There have been bugs with Outriders where you're like, how did you not spot this? And there have been bugs with other games as well, but they're just the two that spring instantly to mind at the minute. Yeah. But um it was like, come on. And uh, so I got into my play eventually and I started. Um, and I'm kind of in this weird place of it. I love Mass Effect. You can see I'm just like daubed out in Mass Effect gear. I have Mass Effect tattoos. Um, and I think I'm in a position where... Uh, and I've got Mass Effect socks. I do have Mass Effect socks. Mm -hmm. um, I've got two pairs of Mass Effect socks, but no Mass Effect underpants. Yes, we might um, want to get Ratley for Christmas then. <laughs> yep. If, if you can get me some Mass Effect underpants, I'm all down for Mass Effect underpants. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but um, but uh, I'm concerned you'll turn up just wearing those, though. You know it. Sexy times. Um, <laughs> like, but the problem I've got is this: that this is a prime opportunity because I've always said Mass Effect is one of my. It, it's one of my favorite games. Mass Effect series is my favorite series of games ever. 
I'd probably say Mass Effect 2 is my favourite because it's the most sort of balanced of the whole lot and it tells the best story with the most mm -hmm. fun gameplay, engagement, etc. But Mass Effect 1, the problem with Mass Effect 1 has always been Mass Effect 1 gets in the way of Mass Effect 1 in that the systems are very clunky. You know, there's a lot of like little bugs here and there. And, and I thought that this was a prime time for Bioware to do a little bit of work and maybe give us combat. They were like, oh, we tweaked the combat to make it more like Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. It's like, no, no, you haven't. What you've done is you've toned down the class requirements on the guns, so all guns are usable off the bat, and you've taken away some of the class requirements for other guns. It doesn't play like Mass Effect 2 or 3 in combat. It plays like Mass Effect 1 in combat. So the combat's still janky and bit, a bit crap, which is a real shame because this is a prime opportunity for you to do something about that and make the game more connected to the whole trilogy and make the game more fun to play. Um yeah, they said like, oh, we've tweaked the Mako control, so the Mako's more mm. controllable. Yes, it oh, is. We've given you James really. the same Jane Shepherd. Yeah, that well, that's good. I like that. It's really good because because Fem Shep was really yeah, under but, under under sort but, of. But you know, in the scheme of things, I, I think I would have preferred a yeah. big factor on the combat <laughs> more than well, importing the Jane. This this, well, this leads me to my point. Available. This, this leads me to my point of it's lazy in terms of an a a, a, a collected legendary edition. I, I think it looks very pretty at points and there's some very cool stuff they've done with the graphics and I'm very happy that whilst yes the character models are very janky like you say Alan like there's some very like lips going on you know it doesn't really have that movement which improves in two and three again you know um it's nice to them do really, but when you look back at all what they've promised they're gonna do like it's all done with AI upscaling all these new textures like you've basically just run it for an AI upscaler um, you've changed the HUD a little bit and you've changed and, and removed a few of these bits and pieces, but you've done no real substantive work, it feels like, on the game. And that's disappointing for me. I mean, I, again, I'm not saying it's bad and I'm not saying don't play it. I would actually encourage you, regardless of the fact it's got janky and a bit crap combat, to stick with Mass Effect because honestly, the story is just, for, just phenomenal and it only gets better into two. And three, whilst it has the controversial engine, is just until the ending is literally a perfect game. You know, it's so good. It brought me to tears on three occasions in that game. You know, <laughs> like it's um, and uh, it's 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 stunningly good. But that can't disguise the fact that this edition has problems. And like Alan says, there's bugs. And I had a bug, which I know is a bug from the 360, which still persists. Which is, I was on the Mars mission, sorry, the, the the Moon mission, the, the Rogue Vi, mm -hmm. um, and one of my squad mates rex was knocked out while he was against a wall um and so he fell through the wall when he when he got knocked out and then when i raised him using unity he was on the other side of the wall and that's where he stayed and there was no way to get him out of that other side of the wall i could but this is where it gets really cool if i left the bunker he wasn't there got into the mako and then got out of the mako he was back went back into the bunker he was stuck in the wall again it's like <laughs> so the only way to get him out of the wall was to deliberately kill myself and uh, and he came back. Realized. I literally had to complete that bunker, move to the next bunker, die. And then, of course, the game goes, oh, no, 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 no. You have to do the whole mission again, not just this bunker. you got to do the first bunker again and then come back. And I was like, and, and given what I've said, insanity combat with that, I was a bit like, you can go yourself. You know, <laughs> it was a it was a moment where I very got very frustrated. And I, I, I'm so annoyed with Bioware for being lazy with this. They had the opportunity, in my opinion, to just sharpen up Mass Effect, bring it forward, make it feel a bit more modern. It didn't need to be like revolution, revolutionized. It just had to be just 
they had to be this is a lazy upgrade i'm going to be that's the way i see it at the minute it's a very lazy upgrade the ai upscaling is great it does look good it plays like mass effects always played so i can't disagree with you chris to be honest i mean as i said it it, it definitely looks nice in the the textures yep. of the of the actual environments yep. but uh, and the, the game is, hasn't well. been changed and the combat hasn't been changed so what have they, they changed exactly they did say specifically like they they said specifically they weren't going to do any more work than just tweaks because they said it would be too much work to update it yeah, into a newer this, engine. This is the problem, isn't it? It's I, like, I, I want to like... pay for a remaster. Yeah. I want a remake <laughs> of Le- yeah. I, that's what I want. The... When, I was th- when it came out Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I'm thinking, wow, you're bringing it up into 2021. Mm. That yeah. it's going to be a game for for the for this generation as well because they deserve it. And it's not. It's the same game with a bit of spit and polish. Do you know what's yeah. disheartening about this? And this is where I'm going. To, this is my, this is what, where I'm going to get to. This. They kept saying about how the PC modding community was their go-to. Like they, they saw what the PC modding community was doing with it, and were like, "We want to make that thing." Now, the PC modding community has done basically everything they've done in the Legendary Edition for years, and it was free. Um, the PC modding community has also improved combat <laughs> via mods. Right? Mm. If the modding community can do this and make it better. Your Bioware, your EA, you've got the resources. Do it, for God's sake. I mean, I totally agree with you again, Chris. I say, again, Mass Effect, even with with the original version, is a fantastic game and should be played, if only for the story to lead up to 2 and 3. But at the moment, from what I'm looking at, it seems more like a cash grab than an opportunity to improve a game that was already really good. Yeah, yeah. And I I want to be really, really clear here, and I want to be just really crystal clear, Mm -hmm. and I'm... I'm, I'm saying this and I sound like I'm being really negative, right? And I, I am, yeah. which is not what I wanted to be about Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Yeah. Um, I, I, I am saying this because I am, it, like, these are my favorite games ever. And you've wasted an opportunity to bring in more people to this wonderful franchise, reinvigorate this franchise, and give it more. Now, don't get me wrong, I also wanted a I wanted it to be a legacy edition available. So I wanted you to do exactly what you've done, but I wanted to have a better version as well, a more modern playing version, a slicker version. So it's, it's a really, really tough call for me. But at the minute, I'm kind of middling on the Mass Effect remaster, yeah. which is, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it and I will love it and it's going to be great. I mean, the thing that I will say is this, like going back to Mass Effect, I never played Mass Effect for the com- combat. And if you play Mass Effect for the combat, you're playing the wrong game. It's not a shooter. It's, a, it's, a, it's an RPG um, and the being back on the Normandy and talking with these characters and realizing how good these characters are has it, that is exactly why I wanted to play Mass Effect again. And, and so, regardless of all the bad stuff I've said, I will say this I've spent a few hours talking to crew members, I've done a couple of like missions, and I love the way Mass Effect generates missions to you. Like, you'll randomly pick them up from conversations or from elevator, the things you hear in the lifts, and and I love the way you'll you'll you like I, I arrived at a planet and I didn't really remember what planet was. I just dropped into a planet and uh, I went to this fort that was there and Rex went oh I know who runs this place and I was like oh this is Rex's like armor mission and normally I would have picked that up from Rex chatting to him on the Normandy and he said oh this guy's got my family armor we need to go get it but because I got there first Rex just chimes in going this this dude's a bad dude and he's got my stuff and we're going like 
let's go get it then rex you know yeah. so i love the way that there's no it doesn't like it doesn't force you to to discover the mission that way it does that so there's so many things to love about mass effect in the white and if you've never played it you're doing yourself a disservice as a gamer to not spend time in mass effect the characters alone are worth it and whether they whether they bring out the worst in you or the best in you like i, I spent like, i had two conversations with ashley and i was like i really want to set fire to her um you know like she says some stuff and i was like what oh. it about ashley what i, I don't well, mind her well, she's all right have, have a few conversations with her mate um i and, have she's all right yeah well once once you get so so she's all right until you get onto the normandy and then some of the stuff she starts saying on the normandy like that's a bit oh i don't yeah, really like the way you start, you're, so once i start trying to do the character idea, I, be, I better make sure i listen to it before i start getting an affiliation yeah, towards so basically um i said it to someone earlier i said ashley is the perfect like um rep representation of that safe middle america that, that at first glance seems quite lovely and quite nice and you're like i quite like this and then in comes the casual racism and then in comes the casual racism and then in comes the God squadness. Now I've got nothing against religion, but there's a way it's delivered. And Ashley is just like, she's middle America. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> sorry to any middle America <laughs> listeners, but like, yeah. it's all the, all the things where it's, it's so it's, she's so innocent until like, all of a sudden like the, the nastiness starts creeping in and you're just like, you're not really a very nice person. Are you, you know, I quite liked you. And then there's something she can do later on, which I won't spoil because it's such a great moment if you don't know what happens, but there is something she can do where when I found that about, I was like, don't care from now on, you are nothing to me. You are the, the lowest of the low. You are pond scum and I will leave you to <laughs> whatever fate that may be. I've no interest in connecting with you. I just so, think yeah. the main thing here for me is that it's such a missed opportunity. Yes, 100%. I think, I, 100%. I think they could have, if they put the time and the effort in, as I said, they could have produced a mass effect. And I haven't played number two or three yet, but from what I have played, it just feels like there was minimal effort put into yep. it. No matter what minimal they, effort, maximum so, turn. Yeah. It, it doesn't so, look like something that, it doesn't look, when you look at Resident Evil 2, remake and i haven't played number three so i can't comment on it you can see it's a remake they've taken the source material and they've taken the original game and they've tried to emulate as much as possible but they've made a game that is uh, brought up to the current generation mass effect legendary edition is not it is mass effect from back in the day with mods with, and with a few yeah with a few extra shiny surfaces that's what so, all it is so question for you then given the choice do you want the original Mass Effect remastered like Resident Evil 2, or do you want a new Mass Effect game? Completely I, new, I, new story. I want new a new characters. Mass Effect game, but right, I, would have, that, I would have liked if, if yeah, I would have liked them to go. That's what they're doing. Yeah, I know. That they was are. one of the things yeah. they said. They said we can either remaster the original Mass Effect as a new game, but it's time, resources, money. It's sold as a, a premium game, or we do a new game do that. and they're doing I, I the new game why, though. I don't see why it's a choice. Like that, you know, like I, I, I know it's, it's all like, about it's the only... time frame and the money on return, isn't it? And it's, that's it's all about it EA basically going, we, we don't want to spend yeah. any more money on it. We'll go to a cash grab is what it is. And that's the exactly. fact that, of the matter is. Yeah, that goes back to and, my whole cash yeah. back, the legendary. And, if, if, if it's not a question of having to choose, all of us are already saying, if they remade Mass Effect, the original mm -hmm. game, as they did with Resident Evil 2, yeah, with whole new, you know, everything completely brand new but the same the same game yeah mm -hmm. then i would buy it i'd pay 40 50 60 quid for it because 100%. that's what it should have been in my 100 i would want one yes, game i also want one a game. new mass effect game mm -hmm. please give me both i want both yeah, thank this, you very much uh, that, 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 on that point phil and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna label this we don't go on too much longer we've already spoken yeah, way we too to much on this short now so the point is this that 
right there of saying, well, we can either do this or this, you know, is is properly them emotionally blackmailing fans. They're like, well, if you don't want a legendary edition where we give you nicer graphics, you just don't get it at all and we won't make another one. Tough. It's like, it's proper childish like thing. It's like, look, you could have, you could have sold me Mass Effect 1 Legendary Edition for 60 quid with improved combat graphics, etc., and spent some time on it, and I'd have paid for it. Then you could have sold me Mass Effect 2 for 60 quid yep. Legendary Edition, yep. and then Mass Effect 3. <laughs> to tell me that you couldn't do that for financial implications is nonsense. You could, yep. you could have, if that had taken the time and the love it deserves, because this is one of the greatest games ever made. Please we take my all, money. We would have thrown money at them. I mean, I don't just yeah, mean a true. little bit. We would have all thrown money at them and everyone. And there would have been no debate. Now, I know I'm being Not hard that. and I know I'm being harsh, but at the end of the day, it is lazy and it's a shame that it's a waste of opportunity. But having said that, do not, do not it's miss still it. Mass Effect. Do not miss yeah. it. It's still Mass Effect. It's still exactly. a fantastic game. Yeah. Play it. Okay. Sorry, I'm Let's just move I'm, on. I've got to get that off my chest. Got to get that off my chest. Okay. <laughs> Well, we'll wait and see what they do with new Mass Effect, and maybe that will make it all better. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to move on to the next topic of conversation as we move into the news. Uh, this, is the news. this is the news. This is the news. This is the news. News. Excellent. Thank you, Alan. I was a little concerned you weren't going to drop that one in there. So the first topic of conversation I would like to discuss. So... Uh, Xbox have said that they are doing a new program through the Xbox Insider program. So that's where you can go on, download the Insider app, register for it, and you get updates before they're released to the general public. And you can get right in on the beta ring and the alpha ring for all the updates and new shiny things they kind of want to test and make sure they work before sending out to the general masses. <laughs> they. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. <laughs> um, so they are basically launching a way for you to purchase a series x and a series s directly through your existing xbox before line. anybody says anything i just want to do this <laughs> that's all i'm gonna do thank you please continue Good stuff so what's interesting is when we first talked about the issue with all the scalpers we i said there should be a way where they do it through like your game a tag or whatever to register it to make sure the person who's buying it is the person playing it and that's basically what they've done They've said, on your Xbox, with your gamer tag, through the Insider program, you can register. Don't get me wrong, they will randomly select you from all the people that register, um, and you'll get given a choice as to whether you want a Series X or a Series S, and you can buy it through the Xbox. And that's their plan, basically, to prevent bots and scalpers from getting hold of it. And I think, much as you've uh, clapped your hands there, Alan, I think that is a great start. That is a great start to get around this, because yeah. we know yeah. that you can't buy Xboxes, you can't buy PlayStations, so... Well, this could be a really also, good thing. I was looking at it, I thought what was really cool is as well is like it's not just on your Xbox, it only works on the Xbox One. Um, so you can't do it if from the Xbox Series X or S. If you try and do it from that, it just won't let you do it. So they're not going to allow people who've already got one to try and jump in and grab another one. Um, and this is a limited trial, isn't it? They're just trialing it at the minute. Yeah, just so in the US at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I think I think the uh, the principle's great. Um, you know, it's a shame that we have to get to this, but that's just the way it is, and sadly. But we could, again, I'm going to just put good on Microsoft doing this. And on the other side is stop buying from scalpers. If you stop buying from them, they'll stop scalping them. Just yeah. don't. <laughs> I, yeah. I did see a press release from Phil Spencer who said we're doing this directly as a result of what Phil Thompson said. 
So uh, that, that was a direct result. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. But, but, but I, blind I my own trumpet, but, you know. <laughs> I saw his name. That, that guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. The fills, <laughs> they stick together, don't they? But um, I was going to say, the. I mean, there is a downside to it, and that is obviously, you know, on the side of the retailers. You know, I mean, you know, when you have mm -hmm. to buy direct from, from the actual company from microsoft then you know that there's somebody who's missing out and they provide jobs and and mm -hmm. other things and if this is a model that, that is the way to avoid scalpers from from profiting off of it then it's a bit of a sad thing because at the same time because you know that is going to have a knock-off effect on the retail industry and and jobs and things like that um and i think as chris said it, it's a bit of a shame because ultimately the, the what it, this should fall to the retailers to be resolving this not the manufacturers or the creators mm -hmm. and the retailers Maybe, aren't yeah. doing enough so microsoft have had to resort to doing this which all credit to them but it isn't all sunshine and rainbows because it does have a knock-on effect um Perhaps and ultimately the, the people who are at fault are the people who are spending ridiculous amounts of money buying them from scalpers as chris said idiots and you're making it worse for everybody else and it's inherently incredibly selfish so it's just a shame but you can't make people change it's the way they are I, I, I was going to say, the thing is, like what you were saying, I think it pushes people, it might push retail's buttons to do more about it, sure. But, I mean, Microsoft are a retailer as well. Don't forget that. Microsoft do have retail well, and they do do that. So, yeah. and, and this is a very limited, let's just be very clever on this, it's a very limited trial. And given how Microsoft have invested quite heavily <laughs> into retail in recent years, especially for Xbox, um, I would imagine what they'll try and do if it's successful is trying to find a way to link it to retail so they can push people back into retail, but like do pre-orders and reserves, which, you know, the, the, we're yeah, going to send the stock to this retailer, you buy it from this retailer, that kind of stuff will happen. So fingers crossed, yeah. but it's a big, it's a big thing. And like you said, Alan, retailers should be doing more. And like, like we said, it other times, stop buying from scalpers because if people can't make money scalping, they will stop scalping. It, it's a, it's a very, you know, big picture thing. We don't want to go too I'm much gonna, about scalpers. We've I'm going to take the opposite hard, opinion here on your part about buying scalpers. Um, I want you to just imagine for a moment, though, that you're a dad, much easier for Alan than me and Chris, and it's your son's birthday coming up in two weeks, and the only thing he wants is an Xbox Series S, and you cannot buy it anywhere for love nor money, and you know that he doesn't get an he Xbox Series S, and he learns a lesson about life. But you can buy it, but it's going to cost you a hundred pound more. Would you pay that hundred pound for your child to be happy on their oh, birthday? Yes. I would. Yes, <laughs> I'm a bastard. Yes. Yeah. Alan, you, words, don't, you don't yeah, have kids. You don't have children, Chris. You don't have to yeah. put up with their but, disappointment when you've got yeah. a child that's disappointed because you said you'd get them something and you don't. There's nothing worse in the world, mate. And I, I, I would. I, pay, I get that, man. I would but, pay but, more but like I, I've been as, that as kid who's been disappointed as well. I've been that kid who's been disappointed, and the the, the reality is like my parents did a good job of managing. Like, I'm not saying anyone's a bad parent, but equally. It's a life lesson. You can't always have what you want. And just because, you know, but equally you say, oh, yeah, you, would you spend that extra hundred pound? This means you're forcing people to spend money they might not have to make their child happy. And don't get me wrong, you should make your child happy. But you equally have to draw the line somewhere and go, you don't do that. And the, the only way to do that is to to not do to not get involved. It's like, you know, it, it's it's a pretty, I, I get it, that you wouldn't want to let your kid down. But, but they, they, you know, think who's to say there'll be some from scalpers? Yeah, there's a, there's a console. Just yeah, round up all the scalpers, put them in a field, bomb the <laughs> bastards. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, is a yeah. very dark opinion now, Alan. I think so, on that point, maybe we'll circle on to the next bit of news. <laughs> As I'm concerned, this could get a lot darker and maybe some kind of horrible threats might get made. <laughs> I can see Alan's <laughs> cogs working right now. Um, 
With that in mind, Chris, could you take us on to the next bit of news before it gets really well, dark and scary? I've been some, somewhat <laughs> rattled by the the uh, you know burn them all down. So um, essentially, um, we have some more crossplay news, but not this time to do with Sony. This time it's to do with Gears of War, uh, and uh, they are disabling the option to disable crossplay. So automatically enabled crossplay now, and the reason being is that they're saying that. Essentially, people, 40% of, of their player base disables crossplay by, by sort of choice. And that is causing problems with queue times. Yeah, it's causing problems with queue times with um, with both PC and console users for matchmaking. Um, and so they are disabling that um, so that um, they don't have so much problems. And, uh, and I can see this like going down like a lead balloon with a lot of people, especially console gamers. <laughs> their, uh, their exact response was, well, now we've got, well, no, that wasn't their exact response, but their, their reasoning was, now we have, you know, 120 FPS on Series X and, you know, mouse and keyboard support on Series X. They're essentially the same game on PC as they are on console. And uh, so you, you'll be fine. And I think that's um, technically, technically very true. But I wonder how many, uh, how big a percentage of the community are running on Series X and Series S or in fact, running on Xbox One, or you know, so. So I guess you've got 120 frames per second and massive keyboard support, just like this guy over here. No, you haven't. You've got 60 frames per second in much lower resolution, and you have got massive keyboard support. But do you have a massive keyboard? You know. So I do see this as being a very controversial move. It's it's a sad time where they've had to do this because of the fact that the the player base has shrunk this much. But then let's let's be fair. And the Doom says, "Be like, oh my god, this means Gears is failing." So it's quite an old game now. There's been a lot of new games released since then. The hardcore Gears community is still playing it strong. But, you know, it's bound to happen. Um, I think it's going to upset a lot of the community. We'll have to see what happens. Um, My big concern, I'm going to jump in early with this one, is that whenever you play, whenever you come across people playing on PC, there's too many of the cheating fills out there. There's <laughs> loads of them. And they do, they install yeah. mods. They, they, there is a whole business model around programmers making like uh they call them trainers don't they where it's yep. basically a piece of code you run it in the background and it modifies the game file programming in real time to give you unlimited health or you can fly or you your gun fires grenades instead of bullets um <laughs> or you know you're just lagging and jumping around from lag switching so that people then can't shoot you and then eventually you stop and shoot them in the back and there's there's so many things like that going on in the background on PC gaming, that is a massive issue. And I am one of those people who turns off crossplay in like ninety yeah. percent of my games because you say one of those people. Wow, the split is sixty forty, and they're saying they're going to turn it off because only forty percent. Well, I mean, that's yeah. that's just mental maths. If they were saying, "Oh, it's less than ten percent," I'd be sitting there going, "Oh, well, fair enough, you know, ten percent. Yeah, I suppose, okay, but." 60 40? Are you, are you having a giraffe? 40% of their player base wants to turn it off. And they're saying, no, no, sorry, no, we're going to take, we, we, we're going to enable crossplay because it suits our PC master race clients better than you console well, boys. Well, well, unbelievable. Well, we don't know what percentage of it people are playing on console if it's switched off. They'll, no, we don't. But still, 40% yeah, uh, of people yeah, it's want a lot of people. have the it's ability. A lot of and, That's uh, a ridiculously high number for them to basically say, no, sorry, we're not interested in your opinion. We don't want to, we, yeah. we're not going to listen to you. We're going to do what we think's best. 
they kind of got ridiculous. to. It's the sad thing about it because like the queue times are getting unmanageable. But by the same token, it's like, I mean, come then on, find you know, a like, better solution. Yeah, well, the better solution is like it, it's tough because I think Gears is a niche game anyway outside of the campaign. Like I play Gears for the campaign. I used to enjoy the multiplayer, but I'll be honest with you, it got full of like like all multiplayer of any long franchise. The multiplayer gets full of ninja good people. And so if you're super filthy casual like me, you walk in and go, I'm just going to play yeah. some Gears multiplayer. I've just been blatted <laughs> across the map for yeah. the last yeah. 20 minutes. I'm not going to play any Gears multiplayer because I <laughs> suck. Right? Yeah, your I, only I don't expect is... to win, but when you get beaten down continuously yeah. and you just can't get any kills, it's yeah. not fun anymore. I'd had that with exactly Team Fortress 2 after I tried to go back into that. And there yeah, was only yeah. the, the highest elite players still left in about two lobbies. I thought, this yeah. used to be fun, right? When yeah. in, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I used to be good at Gears multiplayer. Like When Gears 1 dropped, I played the arse out of Gears multiplayer. And I was, I was actually really good at it. And then I stopped playing Gears multiplayer in because Horde came along in too, and I really got into Horde. We played loads of Horde, and uh, and when I went back to my player, I was like, "Oh, I suck! I suck so much!" <laughs> like, and it made the game. It made the game. But that's the that is the difficulty these games face, right? It's once you get that that hardcore base in, you know, keeping casuals engaged is difficult because they're going to get slapped about really hard. Um, and it's how much do they want in to be willing to sacrifice? They're getting slapped around a bit. Now we're old and cynical. Right, so we're probably all sitting there going, "I ain't got time to waste getting good at that game when I can go play this other game I want to play." But there are plenty of people who will sort of, you know, sort of dig in and, and get the point across. But yeah, um, also just on that quick thing, one last thing about crossplay is, um, um, well, Bungie did a thing where they accidentally turned <laughs> on crossplay for Destiny Two a little early. I mean, accidentally, <laughs> oh, of course. You know, just, no, just like no, whatever you do, guys, whatever you do, don't press that red switch. Don't press. Oh, for isn't this, isn't this the second time they've done it? It was Fortnite did it first time, wasn't it? Fortnite were like, Fortnite. PlayStation Crossplay, go! I mean, uh, oh no, if we turn that on, we're sorry. Yeah. And Rocket League as well, I think, did it as well. Yeah, yeah. Rocket League turned it on and they were like, oh no! They, they, Rocket what League got done? away with it for a couple of weeks, I think, before they turned it off. They, ac yeah. they, they accidentally turned it on. Yeah, right, yeah. We yeah. accidentally yeah. didn't notice for two weeks that we turned it on. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it, it, it boils straight back to that thing where Sony charged more epic for their cross-play and they yeah. just wanted to prove that it can be done. They're just being held back. It, 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 exactly, yeah, I think, just, yeah, we do that. It was probably more a case that they were just like proving their point that you know there's no reason we can't do this. You're putting in the way, and if we show people it's possible, people will riot, and people did, and then Sony had to react, right? So, so but this I think is more a case of Bungie just kind of have accidentally probably flicked the switch a little early in terms of you know because it's supposed to come like August time by all accounts. Um, so I think they probably act. This is a, probably a genuine accident where they put it on too early and then gone, whoops, <laughs> we've drawn it, and uh, yeah, or it yeah, could just be a playtest. They actually Could just be. wanted to Could trust be play, very servers. Play. I, I was, would have uh, thought they'd have, uh, they'd have they said, said they were doing a quick, you know, beta of it or whatever, yeah, um, just to make people aware. But who knows? It's a good. To, it's, it gets people talking about Destiny, right? And that's yeah. what that's what like, they. You want to know it works? Just flick the switch yeah. and let the carnage happen for a little bit, and then you pick it back <laughs> up again. Yeah, it's a great point. Okay, so our next item of news is Alan, and this story may not be quite as new as I thought it was. But uh, <laughs> could you walk us through the? Uh, latest possibly stadium news. yeah the latest the latest news from february is um that that, I think that might be just an old article I sent you there, Alan, but... 
Yeah, we're talking about stage year again, uh, but it's basically, I mean, this is pretty pretty soon after we talked about the fact that they were closing down their their studio, uh, their own developer, um, uh, and only going for third party. But they also announced in February that there were going to be 100 plus games coming to the Stadia platform in 2021. Um, there weren't many specifics. Uh, I mean, they announced about nine games at the time, with six of which had dates, all of which I believe are out now, um, such as um, Shantae, uh, Risky's Revenge, which apparently is a, um, uh, a remastered Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo. Um, uh, and uh, the set fourth one as well, Shantae, Half Genie Hero Director's Cut. Um, also, FIFA 2021, apparently, in March. Um, and we also had Judgment in April, apparently, which is Sega's Yakuza series spin-off. So uh, they're expanding their library every single month by the look of it. Um, and I don't think Stadia's dead. I mean, we all kind of said, oh, this is the death knell when we were talking about, you know, the studio. Um, you know, they still seem to be getting an awful lot of content, and it's coming out fairly regularly every single month coming to the platform. I don't know what the player base is still like or whether that's still solid. I don't think it probably is. But they certainly seem to be still committed, and they don't seem to be taking a step back as far as their release schedule and their interest they're talking about 400 plus games being tracked over the next few years and 100 of those apparently are going to be this year but we're already in what may middle of may and only seven or eight of those have come out yeah, so they're not looking on target are they with that one they're not they're not looking like they're going to hit that 100 target but maybe they are cuz december can be a very busy month and you know you just don't know mm. but you know it's they do seem fairly regular i don't think it's it's a done deal just yet um, they still seem to be uh, trying to pre- get good content on their platform. Um, and they're still going to make it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to spend the time and money making it themselves. They get somebody else to do that for I think them. That's wor- but don't you, know. you think that's worrying, like that whole thing? Like, you know, it's like we want good content. We just can't be bothered to put it on there ourselves. It's yeah. like, it doesn't sound good. And I mean, like talking about the player base, it's no, it's not a, it's not a, a official figure, but just as we're recording this, I thought while we're doing this, I pull up the subreddit for Stadia and there are, 107,000 uh, and change subscribers to the sub, subreddit. And currently online, there are 874. Now, to give you an idea, that's a far worse state than the Anthem subreddit currently is. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, it's, um, it's not great. Um, so, uh, I mean, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's so easy to, to kick Stadia, isn't it? It's just like... It's, at least it's, stuff is still coming out for the people who've invested, but it's so easy yeah. to just take a punt at Stadia because, oh, look, you know, something there's, there's, there's still some Stadia news. This is the thing. It made me laugh when their big announcement a few a month ago was, we've put a search bar in the store. It's like, you're Google. How did you not have a search bar in your <laughs> yeah. store? That's your you're, thing. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that's how you make your money is through searching. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's just like, yeah, uh-huh. so, but I, no, I, I don't, think, I don't think, I don't think it, it, it's perspired just yet. And I do feel like with that, that announcement, it will be it two or three months ago. Um, it does seem like they still seem invested in it. I do think developing your own games and having a platform are maybe two different things. Although these days it is hard to differentiate between them. What with, both Microsoft and Sony both definitely having that kind of that kind of approach. approach. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the only approach. And if you've got a platform such as Stadia, developing your own games may not make sense. Um, I don't know uh, what Google's decision was made. But it certainly seems like they're giving the impression that they are still committed 
to Stadia and that they still want the, you know, they want to keep pushing it and saying, no, there's going to be lots of content. There's lots going to, going to be lots of games. Although I have to say out of the list of games, I'm not exactly going, get me a Stadia now because there's not a single <laughs> one of those that makes me want one. So personally. Fantastic. Yeah, well, we won't kick Stadia anymore because we can make a sport of that if we tried hard enough. So let's not. <laughs> uh, drinking game, I feel. I think it should be a drinking yeah. game. That's yeah, Gross. maybe. When we're all together, we'll try that. The Stadia drinking game. Uh right, Chris, you oh. have some exciting news on Fable. Well, and I'm very excited exci- to hear it. Exciting's not super the right, but it's interesting, is what it is. It's very interesting. Um I'm which gonna is cue, the- a, cue a video that will mm. uh, add some interest to that. Please so basically, about- yeah, this um, this video mm. you're seeing ties directly to Fable in a very well, in a, in a very direct way. So, what you're oh. seeing is all made within the Forza World Engine, and um, they've decided to use that engine to make Fable. By the looks of things, by this is all. By the way, this is all based on a job listing that has come up on uh, a website. It, it, if it's not to do that, it'd be flipping amazing. That it's a bit of a thing. Basically, they looked for looking for a job for some type retool the Forza engine. Uh, for a, for a, uh, an RPG, essentially modern RPG. So, I mean, you know, it's the Forza engine. We all know how pretty it looks. I mean, is this the point... new Forza engine or the, this, this is the, the new Forza one. Eight engine? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, they're using, they're using... That, that, that would be some yeah. extremely pretty uh, graphics. Yeah, then. it could be like a, 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 like a stunningly good looking game. So it's going to mm. be interesting to see where this goes. But I, I think we're probably as talking about development costs and making your own games. And as much as we talk about Microsoft having unlimited money, they're also not stupid to just throw money at the wall. You know, they're like, hey, let's not, let's not just develop a new engine for you know, Fable, let's let's use existing assets. So it looks like they're leveraging the, the Forza engine and they're going to put, you know, more use case in it. And if they can make it work for an RPG, that's just another powerful engine they've got to do other things with, right? So I think it's a smart move. I um, guess it's a, it's a great way for Microsoft to get their own kind of game engine and then they don't mm-hmm. have to worry about royalties and things like that for using Unreal or Frostbite. Yeah, I mean, they decide there, there they want to use. Yeah, there is that. I mean, you know, I would I would say that the um, you know, the 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 big point is yeah, like all in house, all taking care of yourself. You don't have to do anything, but but you know, make your engine. You give it to everyone. Let's just not have a repeat of um, what happened <laughs> with, with you know, frostbite essentially. Yeah, because we don't want that. I think we're done with the black screen. By the way, Phil. Oh, I do yeah. apologise. That's my <laughs> amateurish. We'll let you on. He's, he's a noob, Vuers. First time driver. First time driver. Up until this point, first time for Phil, so he's going to make the occasional mistake. Yeah, and after, <laughs> I, I think. Yeah, I say. I think it's good. Thanks, boys. We'll see what happens, but yeah, um, interesting. Cool. Now, the last point I want to discuss on the news, which is a very quick point, is that so Xbox has teased that they have a new IP that's going to blow our minds. Ooh. Ooh. So. Uh, I basically asked you guys to take a punt as to what you think or what you would like it to be. So go on, Alan, lead the way. What do you think? I thought long and hard about this. I, I, I was I was cooking a barbecue this afternoon for me and the wife. Um, and as I was cooking my very nice chorizo sausages, which is a rare treat after after <laughs> uh, after after the you know my health scare, it's a very rare treat. So I was having my chorizo sausage, and I thought, so what game? What game would I like? And then I thought, you know what? What would make beach volleyball better? And I thought beach volleyball strippers <laughs> edition. Dead or alive, did that, mate. Yeah, they yeah, did actually. Were... I actually yeah, thought you were going to say yeah. so you can you can you can actually you can stand by the side, you can throw money at them while they're playing. 
okay. thought you were going to say sausage party the game, and I'm a little glad we didn't go down that route. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> no. I tell you what, I'd love to see. I tell you what, I'd love to see. There was a game right many many years ago before we even had graphics, and I played it on the ZX Spectrum, <laughs> and it was basically The Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And and it was the Hobbit, but it was a text adventure. Mm. I would love a game that that was Lord of the Rings, the game, not Isn't Shadow a, of War or Mordor. A Gollum game but, coming at some point, or did they care? Yeah, but it's not the Lord of the Rings. I want to play as Frodo Baggins playing through the Lord of the Rings, get trying to get the ring there, trying to go through sections, trying to do that stuff. I'd love to play that with the new fancy graphics. That but could be cool. Sli- Very cool. Slightly less so than Beach Volleyball Strippers Edition. <laughs> Noted. Okay, so we've got Beach Volleyball Strippers Edition. Chris, what are you going for? Well, I had I had two thoughts, and one of them is they're going to make The Last of Us. Um, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, apparently, well, they're just, uh, and they're just going to rename it to like The First of Us or something. Yeah, well, they're, 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 maybe maybe there's instead a, of zombies, maybe, maybe the, the Gad of maybe, War. Maybe they'll just call it. There's a few of us. I don't know. Um, you know, um, not many of us leftish. Uh, you know, and, and then I, and I, yeah. I also thought, what, what's what? What if Microsoft are going to really push the Microsoft, uh, you know, gaming studios and like Xbox? I was like, what could they do? And what I think we'll see is Halo Clippy Edition. So it'll just be Clippy in the Master Chief's armor, and it'll just pop up and go, "I see you're trying to beat the Covenant. Can I help?" Uh, you know, and that'll be the game we get. I think, yeah. No, I, honestly, I haven't got a mini clipper as the. As the, <laughs> the I know what well, the ladies like. Oh mate, that's that's a mod for Halo on PC. Someone's got to make replace Cortana with Clippy. You know, <laughs> so, brilliant. Um, you know, but honestly, I don't know. I think it'll. I think if I'm being completely serious, it's going to be some kind of action RPG cinematic yeah. type thing. Um, but who knows? Who knows? We've been surprised. I just, I want, I just don't care what it is really. I just want it to be good. That's all yeah, I care about. Yeah. I thought good games. I, they, they kind good of games. shot this down, I think, a little bit. But I was thinking it's going to be like a scale bound 2.0 and they'll just call it something different. So it's well, like they, they scale said scale bound's just not happening, didn't they? They, did they say said that, that scale bound yeah. as it is is can. They're never going to do it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they can't reuse the assets and things like that. I mean, I've got to wonder how mean, bad that must have played because that looked really cool. It that did must look have cool. played like ass, you know. And that makes me think maybe they just they can reuse a few assets. The the scalebound name is dead, you know. That's that that bridge is burnt, so they'll just call it something else. Such yeah, a shame. Crim- that Crimson cool. Dragon Three or something like that, and they'll just uh, you know, do it from there. <laughs> that game kind of worked, didn't it? That was a one. That was an Xbox One launch title, I think. Which they gave away free. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for that. So uh how are we doing for time? We are not too bad. So we did have a little kind of discussion bit down about new machine learning. So I've got a little video I'm just gonna add into the stream here. So there's basically a team that they've spent a considerable amount of time using AI upscaling and AI learning basically to revamp GTA to make it look like real life. And other than the horrendous driving that you've just seen from that Audi there, which is probably <laughs> realistic in New York, actually, um, you can see it, it takes uh, GTA as... Yeah, it takes, sorry, my bad. It takes GTA as a video game, and it makes it look some kind of almost like dash cam footage, doesn't it? It looks like, you know, yep. you're watching the police chasing somebody who's just stolen a skoda octavia and they've made a getaway with a brown bottle of liquor and some money out of one of the premier 
inns around the corner or something like that, or a Londis, maybe. <laughs> Premier inns in New York, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, a Londis corner shop, you know, that's the UK. LA, version, yeah. for goodness sake, people. I, know, man, I, was just, I, was, I was just harking back to Phil's New York comment, because it's like, it's West New York, where they're, they're very, very short skyscrapers, is all I'm going to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're around the pills, yeah. That was GTA but, yeah. 4 that was in New York. Yes. Anyway, I, ju I just thought this was a really interesting topic because we talked about Mass Effect and its remaster and we hammered on that quite a bit. So I'm not, I don't want to revisit that, but I'm just Mate, saying. That, that's it right there. <laughs> but that's, that's your answer. Like, so we, we, yeah. the biggest thing, the, the, the biggest thing we're doing this is like what it's, it's a, it's, it's got its place and, and I think you can use it to do certain things. But one of the biggest things when you go back to an old game and it's, and it's rather, unless a game is revolutionary. So I'm going to use Halo as an example for this. So Combat Evolved. When they remastered Combat Evolved, and I played Halo Combat Evolved, the the you know the the remaster, um, the the thing that I said to someone at the time, I said, you know, it doesn't play as good as a modern shooter, but it's amazing how close this is to a modern shooter, and now it just looks better too, you know. I said, and that's that's because when Combat Evolved launched, it was so far ahead of the curve, where everyone was trying to catch up for Halo on console shooting for the next 10, 15 years, right? People just couldn't keep up with it. And you, only if you have a game with where the, where, the, where the controls and the systems are that good can you really get away with just giving it a, a coat of paint. Mass Effect is a prime example. I love Mass Effect. It's, it's in my bones. But the just, we said it earlier, that they, there's no denying the fact that it's just a lazy cash grab in a lot of ways. They haven't done enough to make it a, a, a more enhanced edition. It's a shame. And if I do it with other games, it will just be the same sort of thing. You know, Th there'll be the nostalgia thing and it'll be nice to go back and play a better looking version of certain games. Don't get me wrong. It's one of the best things about Mass Effect Legendary is that even though it still looks a little janky at places, it does look a hell of a lot nicer. Yeah. And, and you don't realize, notice that until you get back, back to backs. But I just think if you don't do the proper upcycle and bring systems and gameplay into line with what we're used to, it's, it's going to feel tough to, 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 you know, get in that game it's, it's the same it's, it's exactly what's happening with mass effect right now i can guarantee you a lot of new players are going to buy mass effect legendary and going to get stuck on mass, mass effect one because the gameplay systems are so janky and old and they'll be like this feels really broken you know and that's the problem i think it's great i think it's amazing by the way that technology moving forward in new games as well because let's face it, it isn't just going to happen in old games they're going to use that machine learning for new stuff and that's going to be that was going to be my kind of thought point is actually there, there's two thought points like one that'd be a really cool system for them to implement along things like the fps boost and the auto hdr like if that yep, was something really that cool. they could train it within specific games so like what's great about that one for gta is they took um real life stills from uh la and then they basically use those to teach the AI, what it should look like, and that's actually, how it... actually, actually, the stills yeah. weren't from LA. They were from a town in Germany. But oh yes, of course they my, were, weren't they? Yes. My, my point, my point, my takeaway from this was that, that that obviously, when a game is being developed, the amount of time and effort it takes to produce that game is monumental. Especially when you look at something like Red Dead Redemption Two, with the amount of assets, the amount of textures, everything from animations to everything, it's it's a massive, massive undertaking for a studio. Um, and one of the things that we had change uh, in the last couple of decades was was environmental procedural generation 
Mm. So you had games like Skyrim where every single mountain and every single hill had to be created by hand by an artist. Every cave, every nuance, every tree, every bit of... And for some extent, that is still the case, especially for very specific areas. But for vast areas of like, for like open maps these days, they actually have computer programs that procedurally regenerate that that landscape mm. and for me yeah, can, um, looking at those videos made me think of that as a way because if you're if it, remember the ninja theory video we watched recently i can't remember the name of the program or the, the game room one wasn't it on. the room yeah. mode, didn't it? Yes. and basically yeah. they were talking about the fact is they aren't trying to create like a texture for this wall they're trying to let the pro make the program understand that this is what something is and this is what the texture should be and that to me i think it, that video we were just watching is a much that the, the what it could create in the future is much larger than just making a game look nice. If you can tell, give it the basic parameters of the map or the area that you want, and then you give it the street and just some pictures, and it automatically populates that instead of you mm. having to put those textures on individually by hand, and the amount of time saved by developers, you can spend more time putting some damn gameplay into the game instead of just trying <laughs> to make it look good is phenomenal. Yeah. That means that frees them up to do the important mm. stuff rather than just making it look good they can actually make the game so for me watching that video i think that we're at the cusp that this is just the beginning i think of something that may be akin to the terrain customized customer generated programs that we had 10 20 years ago that have come in and are now commonplace maybe in 10 20 years when they're making gta for example they'll just tell it what they need we won't see anything on our end but instead of having a world created in a specific way this program will generate it on the fly freeing it up to do other things and to be able to be more responsive to what you do yeah, um, I was going to say Microsoft Flight Sim basically does mm. that, didn't they? Use yeah. Google Earth satellite yeah. images, yeah. and then yeah. the game uses those exactly. basically to generate With Horizon Zero there. Dawn that only only draws what you can see in your vision, so it doesn't draw anything else. So if yeah. you have that, say in a GTA, because I know I don't understand all the bits about the you know they call programming, it a no programmer, um, exactly. And I, yeah. I would assume that you would only draw the things that were in front of you anyway. But apparently, most games don't. They draw yeah. an area, and you're put into that area whereas the horizon zero dawn only does like this field of view thing and if you turn it then draws and then deletes what's on the left and etc so if you add that and then intermix this program then you're you're generating you're giving it the parameters but you're generating that terrain or that environment on the fly yeah. and that i think is going to be the big change and that, that's a kind of exciting think about um Think about how much more sort of engaging and realistic those procedurally generated games are. So, like, um, yeah, you know, you know, we got Diablo sort of procedurally generates the dungeons and the maps. You've got games like yes, it's Returnal, the most recent one actually, um, where the map changes every single time. But what if actually every Returnal map was procedurally generated using those high quality existing assets? That could really give you some fantastic I mean, scope in the game. And then just the, the time saving when you're creating these yeah. fantastic new worlds. I mean, how many planets could we visit in a Mass Effect game if it can just well, this, generate yeah. the biome I mean, of the planet yeah. for us? Well, this is something I was going to say. Just like, I think this is different textures. As Alan said, and, and as we said, it's like we've all talked, talked about, I think, yeah, forget the forget the use case on older games. That'd be great. It's going to be nice, but it isn't the, the really exciting thing. Here. The really exciting thing is moving forward. I think we're seeing this with this whole next-gen tool set. 
like we're talking about, like Alan was saying about how Horizon draws things and how I watched the, I think we covered it a couple of weeks ago, how Xbox velocity architecture allows them to, to pull information at different speeds. And, you know, the PS5 SSD being so fast, et cetera, means they can just pull everything instantly like it's from memory, which opens up a huge space for what developers can do. So we're getting all these, the developers are getting all these new tools they can deal with, which are going to give them, you know, ability to call assets faster, to design bigger assets. And then they're getting all these cool machine learning tools like what Ninja Theory are working on and what, um, you know, uh, these guys have done with, it's Intel, isn't it? But one of the things that Intel have done this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like once all this stuff comes together and gets into develop, you know, people who make games hands and they can do stuff with it. You know, Unreal Engine Five. I was, I was, I was, I was watching a video on Unreal Engine Five, and oh my god, the stuff that does is like, ah, you know, yeah. like the way it generates like debris and like it, it, I was like, that's crazy. Like the level of detail gets in. Again, it all comes from having faster calls and where it can move to and faster memory, etc. So I think. Like when we talk about next gen games and people say oh, we've seen this cool next gen title through Miles Morales, you haven't seen what next gen is going to deliver because the developers yeah, don't have the next yet. gen tools yet. And I think in in a year's time, two years time, we're going to see some really mad stuff, right? So we saw the coalition moving to Unreal Engine Five. There's more stuff coming on Unreal Engine Five. That's one set of tools which is going to make games bigger and better and more exciting. And then we're getting all these machine learning tools and you know, Ninja Theory are doing this thing and. Yeah, in five, ten years, like Alan says, it's going to be like mind blowing to see this. But having said that, we may may not see that on our end. We'll just see fantastic games that are just mind blowingly good and attractive. But the real difference will be in the workings of it, which will allow the developers to be so much more creative and so much easier for them to create these games. And also games are going to become more cost effective as well. You know, if an AI is generating something that would take a team of people. Well, it might not be more cost effective per se, but it'll be, it'll mean that the resources can be allocated back to doing other things, which is great. You know, developers will be able to spend more time. Like ball testicles in uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Or or, or dare I say, bug testing so that people don't get stuck to you in the first mission. You know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. And so that your headphones don't crash the game Ooh. at launch and things like that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, not so, if it's an EA game, they won't. But, sure. yeah, I mean, this is exactly right. but, but like, I, having said that, when we talk about the, the updating old games, one game I think would look mental with all this AI up, up learning and stuff, if they did it, would be the original Division in New York. That, with all that AI, like, well, that would look mental. So, yeah, I'd love to see that. But, yeah, I think this I think is a great tool. That's, a, that's the other forward. thing I was going to say. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, they're talking about the fact it looks so much more realistic. And all that says to me is, yeah, yeah, it does look more realistic. But all they've done is they've just kind of, they're using different textures from the actual game and they've just lowered the, the, the it looks a bit cooler. So it looks, yeah, it looks more real. Cool. But obviously the, the processing power and the engine is what makes it look better at the end of the day. It's really the technology that's kind of doing it on the fly and kind of changing the textures. That's the clever part. Of course, you know, it's going to have an impact on the graphics being better in the long term. But it's, you know, that's that's kind of the, just the after effect. That, 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 that just made me think, though, just before we, we drop, move on from this and, and go to the quiz, just a quick one. I, I like this thing that we're pushing towards these photorealistic graphics, right? But games kind of don't necessarily lend to photorealistic graphics. Do you know what I mean? It's this like, is a whole other conversation, yeah, Chris. And it's like, this is, is this a, a good idea? GTA. 
if it yeah. was real to life. You exactly. would not walk around <laughs> shooting people in the face and chopping them up with a katana. Exactly. It, right. Games have to be games. They, they have, have to be abstract to a degree. Yeah. Right? Imagine yeah. if you walk around the corner and you're like, I'm going to go and mug that old lady. And you're like, oh my God, it looks like Grandma Joan. What have yeah. I done? <laughs> you know, it's like, at that point, you know, yeah. your mate turns around and batters her over the head with a brick or something. You'd be like, yeah. We're not friends anymore. You've just killed Grandma Joan. Yeah, this is but, exactly the problem you could have, right? It's, it could get to that point where it's uh, it's too real, and and also I could also detract from the fun of things, you know, like like talk about like playing something like Ghost Recon, you know, that super hyper real. As much as I want it realistic, I want it, you don't. Ghost Recon would be boring, hyper real, and you would die literally all the you time. You want to play Back for Blood <laughs> if it was hyper real? No. Yeah. I really yeah. don't. Resident Evil 8. No, I really... I don't want to play it anyway, but that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> Alien Isolation, yeah. hyper real. Last one is hi yeah, hyper real in VR. Oh, nope. God. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> right. That's a horrifying thought. And on that note, I think we should move on to the quiz. No theme, Alan. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it twice, man. I'm just you got one. You got one, mate. Yeah. I got one. You know what? <laughs> I thought it was my luck. It's more than Craig <laughs> normally gets. I believe it was supposed to be. This is the quiz. This is the quiz. This is the quiz. This is the quiz. It's it's a poor poor second, but I'll give it to you. Yeah, it's all right. You, you're try, okay. Please work. So, <laughs> gentlemen, dust off. In Chris's case, his Mass Effect hat, his N7 hat, Alan. Dust off the gray, the, hey, the, gray, the brain matter. Oh, it's Mass Effect 2, sorry. SR2. Cerberus lackey. Can't even read. <laughs> anyway, let us make a move. So, other than the first question, basically everything else is going to be multiple choice because I thought I'd try and uh, sort of give Alan a chance. I could have actually made the first question multiple choice as well, but I didn't. Yeah, because why not? So, are you ready, gentlemen? Go for it. No. Excellent. So, question one: The Drell share which are the races homeworld? Do we need a buzzer, by the way? Well, the other ones are multiple choice, so I was just going to go to each of you in turn. So let's go with Alan first on this. Let's one. do that. Yeah, let's let's do that. <laughs> I was just actually looking for uh, some uh, for some uh, Mass Effect uh, good quotes, but I don't know. Um, had to be me. Oh, somebody else might have got um, it wrong. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going to take a quote from from the game I'm currently playing, Stranded Deep, which is that's gross. <laughs> okay, he's chopping up seagulls and stuff to make meat, and which is you know you'd expect that, but after you've so chopped, oh, yeah, up is that for your buzzer? Sorry, is that for your buzzer? 150 say, seagulls. I think I think he's just asking you what the answer bit, is. But yeah, you don't need a. You don't need a buzzer. I'm just going to go. I've no idea. I've got no idea. Okay, Chris, it's the Hannah. It is indeed. Yeah, that was... Yeah. All right. The rest, I promise you, are multiple choice. I should have made that one as well. So, you question two, done, yeah. <laughs> How many permanent squad mates are only available through paid DLC? Is it two? Is it three? Is it fourth? Four. Or is it five? Uh, now, this is across the trilogy. So, <sighs> all three games. Go on, Chris. You go first. Hold on. Permanent squad mates. How many permanent squad mates are only available through paid DLC? Two, three, four, or five? 
I think... I think it's three. Alan? I was going to go for three. The answer is four. I, I, I thought there was a fourth one I couldn't remember. I So there's Kasumi, there's... Um, I can't remember his name now. The guy with the scars. Zaid. Um, Zaid. And there's... Um, the guy in the third one, who's, I had his name before I said it in my head, and now I can't remember him. The, 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 the Protean Prometh- guy. Protean guy, yeah. Yep. And who's the one? Is the other one? Who's the other one? Go I'll on. be honest, I didn't actually write them down because I did this in a bit of a rush. I do apologize. Oh, okay. But what I'll I'm trying do to think is who it is. I'm trying to think who it is. I don't know. It's got to be going. in two. It's got to be in two. Right. Question three What is the name of Miranda Lawson's sister? Is it Henrietta? Is it Eliana? Is it Phaedra? Or is it Oriana? Alan. So you have to come to me first. Well, I'm just going in order. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> and Chris has, and I'm just going to copy Chris. So I'm going to go for the second one. Eliana. Eliana. Chris? I think it's Oriana. It is Oriana. I wasn't... I, I would... I, 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 I was... I was like when you said it, I was a little confused. I was like, "Oh, Christ!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. I, I, I wasn't confused. I, I didn't have a clue. Yeah, it's, this is a very unfair quiz, Phil. <laughs> it's like, sorry, I was. That's why I made it multiple choice. I was hoping that would even it out. Alan had the chance. If you mixed it up, if it had been one question on Mass Effect, one question on Lord of the Rings, might have been a bit more even. That would have been good. Well, when there's a Lord of the Rings game out, I'll just do one on that, and then Alan can have the advantage. <laughs> probably that's be. that's my promise to you, Alan. Problem. Question yeah. number four. What planet does Shepard encounter the Vermeer survivor on in Mass Effect 2? Is it Omega? Is it Ferros? Ilium? Or Horizon? Chris? Horizon. Alan? Horizon. It is indeed Horizon. <laughs> but in this, th- in theory, Alan will get half of the questions right if he just keeps doing this. Okay. Question number five. L2 biotic implants can cause insanity and disability, but Caden Alenko only suffers from dizziness, migraines, insomnia, or tremors. Alan. Does discuss this earlier. Insomnia. On Chris? Headaches, migraines, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, it was. Sorry, Al. Next question. Troy Baker voices which character? Is it Steve Cortez? Is it Kai Lang? Or is it Arden Victus? Alan. Oh, wait, no, it's Chris first on this one. Sorry. I apologize. It's Chris first. Um, I'm going to say Kay Lang. I don't honestly... Faye Lang, sorry. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Alan? I'm going to go out on a limb here because I don't know either. So if Chris doesn't know and he's being genuine, then I'm going to go for Arden, the third one. It was Kai Lang. That was... I'll be honest, Alan, that was a complete guess, mate. I genuinely didn't know that. Like, I was actually about to say, whatever you do, don't pick the first one. But, like... Uh, you know, <laughs> you know. Okay, next question. Which of these is not the name of a nightclub found across the trilogy. The choices are Flux, Purgatory, Dark Star, and Inferno. I forgot he's going first. Dark Star. Alan's going Dark Star. Chris? 
Dark Star. It's Inferno. Which is in Andromeda. Yes, I was going to, uh, Yes, of course it is. Inferno's in Andromeda. Okay, now this one is going to be a proper like right winger here, but I thought I'd put it in anyway. So Urs, the friendly Varen, can be fed by Shepherd on which planet? Is it Feros, Tachunka, Sakesh, or Novaria? Go on, Chris. Tachunka. Alan? Hmm. I was thinking Pharos, but I, I think Chris might be right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Ch- Ch- Chunker. Yeah, that is the correct answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you put a lot of thought into that one, Alan. Okay. Next question: Which of these squadmates is not a romance option for both a male and female shepherd? Is it Diana Allers, Kelly Chambers? Caden Alenko or Ashley Williams, Chris's favourite person in the whole world in the series. Uh, oh, so so, well, do the question again. Do the question so again, mate. Which of these squad mates is not a romance option for both male and female Shepherd? And it's Diana Allers, Kelly Chambers, Caden Alenko or Ashley Williams. I am going to go. For Ashley Williams. Chris? I'm also going to go with Ashley Williams. That would be the correct choice. <laughs> Nailed <laughs> it, Alan. Places. Nailed it. Okay. Just remember, middle, and, middle American God Squad, mate. That's that's what she is. So there's no way she's going <laughs> to... There's no way she's going girl on girl, is she? No, yeah, exactly. No and that's why we're going to... That's Satan's up. work. <laughs> the Protheans... <laughs> Are deities to the Hanar? What is their religious name? What the Hanar call? Oh, it's me first, Protheans. isn't it? It is. Yes. Is Whatever options the... in Kindlers. There you go. Um... <laughs> yep, Alan. <laughs> I, was, I should be just going to go the same as Chris. Are you? Well, yeah, uh, 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 I mean, I'd like to hear well, the, the options. options were please, collectors, Phil. the enkindlers, yep. the old gods, and the in spirits. Oh yeah, he's right. Of course, it's in Kindlers. Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, it is. I'll just I'll just tick the point off on I that. I mean, Alan one. knew that. He didn't. He didn't need me saying it. Alan knew that one hundred percent. By Mass Effect Three, which rank has Ashley Williams been promoted to prior to becoming a Spectre? <laughs> so, so, a... so I'd just like to point out that before you did this quiz, we'd already had the discussion that I'd only ever played the first <laughs> Mass Effect and the second one halfway through. So, so you're just going to have to take a punt on Great you. on the inclusion of Mass Effect 3 there, Phil. Thanks for that, bud. <laughs> well, the choice is a commander, major, staff, lieutenant, or captain. So you're just this would have been great. This would have been great if Craig, Craig was on the quiz, but me and him could have had a real like duel at this, but like this is just unfair. I'm just unwanted. I say, who's who's answering first? Is it me or me or uh, uh... I believe it's you first again this time? Okay, could you give me the, the choices again, please? Commander. Major, staff lieutenant, or captain? Oh, it's definitely major. Chris? I think it's major. It's commander. Ah. Well, would you like to check your references? Because I think that's wrong. I think it was major. I played Mass <laughs> Effect 3 no times at all. 
and I've <laughs> never fair, read anything about fair, it. And I'm yeah, sure Shepherd it was, was Commander Shepard before he got yeah, the He was, but you asked me a question it. about Ashley Williams in Mass Effect 3. What do you think the chances of me ever having seen Ashley Williams in Mass Effect 3 are? <laughs> In fairness, it's the same for Caden. Anyway, the last I question. I was digging at Ashley because fuck Ashley, pardon my French. <laughs> you did a film. I did a film. That, that's how much I dislike that character. <laughs> All right, the final question. What is the name of the famous Batarian attack on a human colony? Was it the first contact war? Was it the Theska raids? Was it the Skillian Blitz? Or was it the Morning War? I think Chris is up first on this one. I, mm, I think it's the Skillian Blitz. Al? <laughs> he's dead. Or he's it tired. was clearly the Skillian Blitz. It was indeed the Skillian Blitz. Well, I'd like to say this was a close run quiz and that clearly all of my hard work had paid off, but it was a uh, it was a nine to five victory for Chris there. Well, I'm not even I'm not, not even proud of that victory at all. I just think it's, 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 it's and, and and five of those questions I actually I got one of those five right. You did. You did. I did. You the did. Ashley Williams one, just to rub that in your face. But I think this is probably what they call karma after that absolute train wreck of an awards quiz that I did on the week when it was just, <laughs> it was Phil and Craig. I thought at one point Craig was actually going to just leave. So uh, I think well, I this... thought he was going to cry if I'm honest with you. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, he... but it, as much as it was a train wreck, Alan, it wasn't hangman. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brutal guys. Brutal. That is on true. that note, should we wrap up? Uh, Why not? I've, I've got nothing else to say. Chris won. They've mocked me repeatedly. It's been a wonderful, but uh, thank you for listening, guys, and we'll see you all again next week. It's a bye from Alan. Get to the chopper. It's a bye from Chris. I should go. And it's a bye from me. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 bye.